This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Amen. All right, well, let's open our, our Bibles. We're going to bring you a message today entitled uh, Destination Unknown. Destination Unknown. We're going to go to Mark chapter 4 and verse number 35. Mark chapter 4, verse number 35. I had not planned on beginning uh, the series, uh, but apparently last Sunday, Wednesday, and this Sunday have all been out of Mark chapter 4, so that's technically a series, I suppose. But as we begin this with this, uh, this time God's been speaking to us, last Sunday we talked about getting to the other side. On Wednesday night we talked about uh, that we were born for the storm. We were born uh, to go through the storm together. And so today we're going to return to Mark chapter 4, verse number 35. Father, before I bring this message today, I ask you to speak to us clearly. And I ask you, Lord, to change our hearts and change our lives and to make us yours because we want to be who you've called us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Mark 4.35 reads like this. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, he said, let us go over to the other side. Let us go where? To the other side. Let us go where? To the other side. I've got about 10% of you. Let's all go over to the other side. We're going somewhere together. We're going forward together to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. I want you to notice there were other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? I heard somebody chuckle when I said Jesus was asleep in the boat. The one verse says the boat's filling up with water. If the boat's filling up with water, the cushion's filling up with water, and Jesus is still asleep. Come on, amen. All right, they said, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. May the Lord bless his word. Last Sunday morning, we began this study with this revelation that Jesus had told them, you're going to make it to the other side. That Jesus had already spoken into their lives that you're going to make it to the other side. And we, we went through the study together realizing that no matter how big the storm arises in your life, when Jesus tells you you're going over, you're going over. When Jesus tells you you're going to make it, you're going to make it. When Jesus tells you uh, that you're going to make it through this storm, you can count it, you can mark it down, you're going to make it through the storm. We also realized last Sunday morning in this study that what happened was the storm revealed their low vision of God and their high vision of themselves. You see, they didn't really believe that Jesus could do anything, and thus they said in the statement, are you going to let us drown? They didn't really believe that Jesus could bring them through. They didn't really believe that Jesus could be the deliverer that, that he declared that he was, and they had a low vision of him. 
But he looks at them and says, where's your faith? Where's your faith? And he reveals that high vision they had of themselves. And so they had to find out in the middle of the storm, and as you and I have to find out in our storms, that Jesus is higher than our storm. And that our faith needs to grow in the storm. And then Wednesday night, we came around to the part of the verse that talked about what do you do in the storm. And we, we, I brought you a message entitled, Born for the Storm. And in that, we learned that Jesus did three things in the storm that we're going to have to do if we're going to make it through. The first thing that the Jesus did in the storm was the Bible says he got up. He got up. Some of us have been watching life pass us by. Some of us are in the middle of a storm, and we're watching life pass us by in the middle of this storm. We're watching life go forth, and we don't even like what we're seeing. We don't like what we've experienced. We don't like where we are, but it's time for us to stop watching and to get engaged. It's time for us to arise. One of my favorite passages of Scripture, and I didn't bring this out in the other services, but I, I feel to bring it out to you today. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is when the mother of Samuel is goes, uh, and she's had all that she can take, and finally the Bible says she stood up, and when she stood up, it says that the people of God were sitting down, but yet she said, I've had enough. You can stay sitting if you want, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to change my situation. And I don't know who you, I'm supposed to be behaving this morning, but I've come to tell you, I don't know who you are and I don't know what you're going through, but I know a God who can bring you through. If you'll stand your ground, believe in God and raise your voice and declare, I'm going through by the blood of the lamb. I'm going to overcome by the grace of God. How many of you know a God that can bring you through any storm? Amen. The second thing that Jesus did was he rebuked the wind. He rebuked the wind. He didn't plead with the wind, but he told the wind, this is where you're going to be. I was invited into a prayer meeting Thursday night that I desperately needed to be a part of. In that prayer meeting, they began to declare the word of the Lord over the problems we're facing. They began to declare the word of God over the situations. They began to declare the word because, you see, you rebuke the storm with the word. It was with the word that the victory came. It was with the word that all of a sudden my heart began to rejoice because I realized that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. I realized that, that though the enemy may think that he's winning, greater is he that is with us than he that's with the world. I, I realized the truth because it's the power of the word. And when you release the power of the word, something begins to shift. And so we learn you've got to rebuke the storm with the word. And then we learn that you need to begin to speak life into the moment. You need to begin to say, he said, peace be still. You need to begin to declare, this is where we're headed. This is what God's going to do. We shall see the salvation of the Lord. We shall see the favor of God. We, you begin to declare where you're headed with God. And then the Lord brought me back to this passage, and I thought, Lord, I've already preached twice in the last week on this passage. Do you really think we need to go there again? And I don't know that we completely have it all yet. So here's where we are. The passage that stood out with me from this part this week was this. There were also, I want you to see this, there were also other boats with them. No? There were other boats on the sea. There were also other boats with, what's it say? Him. There were other boats, not with them, but the boats were with Him. Jesus was bringing others on the journey also, they all were facing the storm, but they faced the storm together. They faced the war together. They faced this together. And if we are going to make it to the destination that we have been called to, we are going to have to have friends on this journey. 
We're going to have to have friends who help us along the way. We're going to have to have people who show up at our deepest, darkest hours and encourage us in the things of God. We can't do it alone. We can't make it alone. We need each other during the rough times of our lives. Can I get an amen for that? You know, they say that uh, uh, the phrase of self-made man, can I tell you that no man is self-made? I used to have an old fishing buddy. Uh, uh, he only had uh, one good eye, had a patch across his eye, and, he, and we'd go out fishing. And, and, and I, how he could catch fish where I couldn't catch fish with two, with two eyes, I don't know. But he could see them in the water. Catch them between your legs almost if you're in the trout stream. And so I'm out with him, and he, uh, he always would say, he would say this. Story. He said, Pastor, I want you to always remember something. And I said, what do I need to remember? And I knew where he was going. He said, a successful man. It's like a turtle on a fence post. I heard it so many times, but I'd laugh every time. And I'd say, what do you mean, turtle on a fence post? He'd chuckle. And he'd say, because you knew there's no way that he got there by himself. So it became kind of a motto of mine. I, I had people draw me pictures of, uh, of turtles on a fence post. And, and actually, one, one, one family, there was a local artist, and, and they, 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 were, they were getting older and they could barely see. And, and, and so her, her son commissioned her to paint me a painting of a turtle on a fence post. And she finished the painting, and it was framed real nice and sent it all to me. And I was so excited to get my painting of a turtle on a fence post. And, and I opened the, the, the painting up, and it was two turtles on a log in the middle of the lake. And I said, well, that's, that's not what we asked for. And they said, no. They said, but she said, that's ridiculous. Turtle could never get up on a fence post. It's because you know it couldn't get there on its own. Can I tell you today, we can't make it on our own. We need each other. We need each other. God put us in each other's lives to encourage each other because there's going to be times that I can't see through the dark, but you're going to be bringing me good words and encouragement. There's going to be times that you're going through a struggle and somebody's going to come alongside of you and they're going to put their arm interlinked with your arm and you're going to make it because we need each other on this journey. God's called us all to move forward. I've got scripture on it, Genesis 2.18. The Bible says that then the Lord uh, God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. It's not good that man be It's still not good for man to be alone. Can I get an amen? Can I get the single people to say amen? Come on, amen. It's not good. You know, but Eve was only part of the solution, what's being talked about in this passage. Eve was only part of the answer, but everybody needs friends to help them in their journey. Everybody needs somebody. And this is what I had to engage in my life, and I'm going to give this to you real quickly because I want to move on quickly. But everybody needs three kinds of friends in your life. Everybody needs a Paul in your life. A Paul is somebody that's walked further than you've walked in this faith. Somebody that already has gone through a battle, and they can look back and tell you how they made it through the battle. Everybody needs a Paul in their life. I had to reach out and call the Paul for my life this week, and, and it was amazing. What, what seemed like a mountain to me was more of a molehill to him. Everybody needs a Timothy in their life, which is somebody following you along the way. If nobody's following you, you don't have to be as careful where you step. But if somebody's coming behind you, if you're helping somebody else grow for Jesus, if you're not helping somebody else grow for Jesus, you are not fulfilling the command of Christ that says go into all the world and make disciples. Everybody needs a Timothy. 
And everybody needs a Barnabas, somebody who comes along beside of you that's on the same level as you, that's not afraid to speak into your life. Come on. Everybody needs somebody in their life. Now, I want you to understand that the storm is going to try to shake you, and that's why we need each other. The storm's going to try to distract you. The storm's going to try to pull you aside. And, and what you're going to have to understand, and I want you to get out of this passage, is that, that the storm caused the disciples to lose faith in their conviction about who Jesus was. And we have to remember 1 Corinthians 16 and 13. It's just very important. It says, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, and be strong. You could kind of, uh, in a very loose translation, you could say this, don't let the problems cause you to forget what God has done in your life. Don't let the storm cause you to lose sight of who you've become in Jesus. Stand your ground, mark yourself right there and say, I don't know how I'm coming out, but I'm coming out because I will not lose faith in Christ in the middle of this storm. Can I get an amen this morning? You're going to have to become determined not to let anything shake you. How are you going to do that? Well, it reminds me of a story from the Bible. It reminds me of the story of David. David goes and he's fighting with his men amongst the Philistines and, and he returns to his home, a place called Ziglag. And when he returns to Ziglag, the Amalekites have taken everything that he has and every person that was alive, they're captive. They've taken his wives, his children, everybody's wives and children. They're all quite upset. As a matter of fact, they're all so upset that they start reaching for stones. And they're going to stone David because they were with David when their whole, everything they had was taken away. So David's family is gone. His possessions are gone. His, his future is gone. Everything's gone. And he's sitting there in this utter despair with his whole world having fallen apart around him. And he doesn't know what to do. But 1 Samuel 30 and 6, and boy, I feel the Holy Spirit already. It tells us what he did and how he made it through that dark moment. 1 Samuel 30 and 6 says this, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. Let me just read that again. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So in the middle of the darkest moment of his life, in the middle of the, 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 the time that he didn't know how to go forward and he didn't know where to go, when he couldn't say, well, let's go after him and chase him, when he couldn't defend himself anymore, the only thing he had left to do was remember who God was. And he began to remind himself of how God had delivered him from the bear and how God had delivered him from the lion and how God had delivered him from Goliath. And he reminded himself that God is still God in spite of the storm and God is still able and God is still faithful and God is still good. Come on now. And he reminded himself of the goodness of God. This week, some people text me, well, how are you doing about this, Pastor? How's this going on, Pastor? And all I could text back was, he is faithful. Why? Not because I, it was because I couldn't say anything good about the moment, but I could declare something good about God. I couldn't, I couldn't be thankful for the moment, but I could be thankful for a God who in the middle of the moment is still unchanging and still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, you see, this is my third time preaching this this morning, and I feel like there's a gas poured on my fire because of it, because I'm excited about the fact that the same God that was there at the 815 service is the same God that was there in the 930 service. This is the same God I'm declaring to you in the 11 o'clock service. He'll be the same God tomorrow and the next week and the next week. And I don't care what you go through. He's still God. And you can strengthen yourself remembering how good God is. Come on. I feel this this morning. You can start praising God with his promises. Start praying his promises 
because he's still good and he's still God. You see, the problem is if you forget who God is, you forget who you are. You will find yourself lost when you lose sight of who God is. Now, what you need is to realize that God's still God and God still wants to take you somewhere. He said, I want to take you to the other side. We're, we're getting there. I'm going to take you to where? The other side. You see, having a destination in mind will give you motivation to keep going, but it will also demotivate us from doing the wrong things. I want you to get this. If you make up your mind that you're going to get somewhere new and better for God, it's going to give you motivation. But listen to me. What you need to understand is if you have a destination in mind, something new and better for yourself this year, it's going to help you overcome the storm. Let's just say uh, that, that you decide, I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. Come on. Not one person shouted with me at all. Let's say you say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. That's a destination in mind, okay? A destination. Now, I'm going to tell you how it works in my life. Let's say if I, if I plan on losing 20, I didn't say that, but let's say if I did. I... <laughs> destination in mind. Does anybody else hear voices? <laughs> oh, let me finish that. <laughs> Does anybody else hear voices when you drive past Dairy Queen? I don't know how that Reese's Blizzard speaks, but it calls my name. Come in. You have time. And the one that really gets me is, Christina doesn't have to know. Come on now, man. <laughs> Amen. But all of a sudden, if I have, can I tell you, if I don't have a goal in mind, I surrender to the voices. But if I have a destination in mind, the voice does not have the control over me that it did before. Are you with me? You understand what I'm telling you? If you get a destination called freedom, if you get a destination called spiritual victory, if you get a destination called liberty in Christ, if you, you get a destination that you're determined this year, you're going to find your praise again. You're going to find your calling. You're going to find your... You get something in mind. When the enemy starts calling your name, it's easier for you to say, nope, I'm not getting sidetracked because I'm going to the other side. I'm coming through. I'm coming over. I'm going to find my way because God's called me to the other side. A good destination. Pastor, where am I going to find the right destination for my life? Because it's not just the one you think up. First thing you need to do is start with prayer. You need to get along with God. I know this is going to sound odd, but if you need a word from God, you probably ought to go to the Word of God. If you need the guidance of God, you ought to guide yourself to the presence of God. Because God's going to help you when you get in His presence. You need to begin by seeking God. Second thing you need to do is you need to get around people that know where you're headed. Come on. We all need other people in our lives who can tell us how we're going to make it. For example, if, you, if, you're, if your determination this year is to get to the other side of the marital problems you're in and you're going to have a better marriage, are you with me? Then you need to get around some people with a good marriage. I get furious because I've heard this more times than not. People come to me and go, Pastor Don, I'm getting a divorce. I say, you are? Oh, yeah, that's right, I'm getting a divorce. 
I said, why do you think you're getting a divorce? Because my friends all told me that what I've been through, nobody ought to go through. I said, can I ask you a question? How many of your friends go to God's house? Then I asked him another question. I said, how many of your friends that are talking to you are divorced themselves? <laughs> I said, your four divorced friends telling you you just need to get a divorce is like me trying to coach you in a marathon. I, none of us can help you. Come on. We can't help you. We can talk theories. We can even tell you failures, but we can't help you. What you need to do is find somebody who's went through the hell of betrayal and come out the other side, and you need to say, how'd you make it? And they're going to tell you, I stuck with Jesus, and when I came through the other side, my marriage was better than when we went into the problem because we trusted God. You need to find somebody who didn't give up on their praise in the middle of that darkness, that they found their praise, and it's what brought them through the storm. You need to find somebody who's come through. You want to be a better parent? Find somebody that's a better parent. Somebody said, but God gave those kids to me. He gave them to you not to mess up, but to grow up. Sometimes you've got to grow up to help them grow up. Find somebody that's where you want to be. All right, the third thing I want you to do is write down the destination. Write down the destination. Put it down. This is where I'm headed. You know, we handed you those cards of what our new building's going to look like, just the first phase, but the, what it's going to look like. And you only have like one-third of, of what it's going to be. But, but that's not anywhere the way I thought it would look when we started designing. As a matter of fact, what we started designing looked a whole lot nicer than where we are. But it wouldn't fit on this property. You see, write down the destination of where you're headed, and as God maybe starts tweaking it and showing you what you didn't know before, at least you know where you're going. We wrote down, hey, we're going to provide parking spaces, and we're going to provide seats for lost people, and we're going to provide parking spaces and seats for lost people. The rest of it's negotiable. Are you understanding? Stop trying to tell God what it has to look like, what your family has to look like, what your situation has to look like, what your world has to look like, and realize that God's called you to freedom, and you might not know how you're going to get there, but God's going to bring you there because you wrote it down. This year, I'm going to be free. This year, I'm going to walk in what God's called me to walk in. You see, when you are headed to the other side, when you're going somewhere and you're headed to the other side, you need to understand something. It is impossible to arrive if you don't know where you're going. How do you know you're there yet? If you don't know where you're going, it's time to define the other side for your life. It's time. This is it. I'm coming through. I'm coming over. This is where I want my life to be when I make it to the other side. Now, in the last service, we had people that said, I, I want to have a better marriage. That's what the other side's going to look like for us this year. Some people said, I, I want to be a better parent. That's what the other side's going to look like for me this year. Some people said, I, I want Jesus in my boat. That's what I want this year to look like. So I don't know what your other side is. But for some of you, it's not being depressed anymore. For some of you, it's not allowing the devil to 
to torment your mind anymore. For some of you, it's going to be freedom from whatever substance has bound you. You know, in our earlier service, because our rehab is there, I, whenever I preach about addictions, I can just reach to them and they can spill over to everybody else. But, but in this service, who are you? That you don't want the addiction from yesterday to destroy tomorrow. You're going to go to the other side. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.